Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Sned, and we're trying something uh, different this week. This is probably a one-time-only-ever thing. So if the audio's a little weird, it's because we're doing what a lot of people seem to think we're doing. We're actually recording this in the same room, Rob, which is the second time this has happened. Yeah, the second time. The first time was our review of Machine Man by Max Berry. It was. That was also the last installment of Book Theater. So I think we need to bring Book Theater back. Not we tonight. Do, yeah, well... I have a book. I was reading from a book before we were... <laughs> yeah. There were some scenes in there we could do. There was some hot squirt something <laughs> or another. If you're the author of that book, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Hot squirts. So here's what happened. We planned and we planned and we planned. And I was like, Rob, we're going to have a round table episode. And then I get to the book studio, and there's a fucking rectangular table. So strike one on the round table. Um, but we have special guests. Um, so not only are we in the same room, but this is a, a, a extravaganza spectacular of sorts. We will call it the rectangular. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, this is our good. rectangular. So, um, Rob, would you like to introduce our guests, please? All right, so first I'm going to introduce back to the podcast Jesse Lawrence. Ow! Long time friend of the podcast. Uh, you might remember him from such hits as the Zombie Extravaganza Spectacular, more recently the Spooked Tacular or the Christmas Extravaganza Spectacular. Am I correct? Sure. There's been like three or yes, four yes, episodes. Yes, yes. I forgot about the Christmas one. We did the gift exchange, which we was did excellent. We f- did the Human Santipede. We did, we did, well, we didn't do it. We, we reviewed we, it. <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, no elves were harmed in the making of that episode. Um, Jesse, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. And newcomer to the podcast, although not newcomer to astute listeners, because Misty Bennett has come up at least five or six times over the course of the last um, 150 or so episodes, I would say. So, Misty, have you ever been on a podcast before? This is the first time. It's really it's a my lot. First time. It's a lot less exciting than you think, right? You didn't think you'd be sitting on a couch over a coffee table. Is no. there any hot squirting? There, you never know. There could be. I'm telling you guys. Listen, we don't. <laughs> we don't even know. Rob and I don't know what we're covering because Misty came up with a list of topics uh, similar to what Jesse did a few episodes ago when we were desperate for material. So if all else fails, I do have a book of short stories that I will yank out from under this recorder. And randomly start reading from. So that's 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 the backup plan. Yeah, anything goes. Anything goes. Rob, before we get too far into this, um, I just wanted to mention that later we might be hearing from Ryan, our marketing <laughs> intern. <laughs> if you want to give people plenty. You said last time I didn't give anybody a warning. Plenty so of warning. The, the marketing intern. We may be hearing from him later. As well as, and we'll see how this goes on time, but we actually had a voicemail. Yeah, um, we did. I was going to say sent to us, but that's not what happens with voicemails. Left for us? Left for us. Someone left a voicemail left for us. us. So you may be hearing that, um, which ties in nicely to the end of our last episode um, as well. So without further ado, Rob, anything else you want to say or should we just kick it right over to topics? Patreon. I always like to mention our Patreon. So let's talk about Patreon at the top of the episode. Now, if you find the rest of this, um, if you find the rest of this episode something you'd like to hear, the chances of us doing something like this again will be much, much higher. If our monthly Patreon contributions go up, because we yeah. talked about, oh, we haven't talked about it on the podcast. I we guess we can't talk about that because we we're gonna make a video. We were making a video. All right, so I'm not gonna say what it is, but there's a good chance we might be recording together more often. Um, should the Patreon funds increase? 
Ooh, ooh, and um, we did get a response from our friends over in, in the United Kingdom about uh, the f- like Livius's rough calculation of how much it would cost to get us. Do you have the sandies so that you could? Hang so, on, I got I think people were skeptical about my math. Well, I gotta I gotta swipe through a bunch of uh, images of a book. I mean, I'm sorry, of a horse near a window, and it says it's so thick. Yeah, it's not because that thing is still going on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, nice job. Keep trying, guys. Don't keep stop trying. <laughs> we don't want to see that anymore. Yeah, here we go. So Michael Wilson, I thought he put it on the booked podcast <laughs> listening group on Facebook, but he actually put it on uh, your Facebook, Livius. Maybe that's where it was. All right. Okay. Um, thanks to you and Rob for the shout out on Booked Podcast. I'll be increasing my Patreon donation by a few ounces as a result. Excellent. Excellent. It wasn't enough, Michael, so if you want to just bump it up a little bit more. Um, it's good to hear from someone who knows a lot about British culture, That's our me. currency. That's me. Values and population. That's, That's me. The values is probably I think the values is yeah. me, but the population thing, I had that down. <laughs> I think your estimation into the listenership was accurate, and I'm fairly sure, this is big, I'm fairly sure the Queen has mentioned it covertly in her Christmas speech before. This is excellent. So, um, Rob is going to be spending the next week or so listening through all the Queen's Christmas speeches. I think there's only been like 45 of them, so it shouldn't take you very long. (laughs) She's Um, been Queen for like 60 years or something like that. Well, we don't know that she didn't skip a Christmas or two. Do they celebrate Christmas? In the UK? <laughs> yeah, didn't you ever see Love Actually, where they uh, no, hang that I Christmas song remember. thing? I vaguely remember and seeing they, that. Yeah, they do Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Well, they they probably pronounce it a little differently, would they? Yeah. I think they well, say happy instead of Happy Mary. Christmas, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a little more sense, I think, actually. Um, do you guys want to talk about the premiere episode of Doctor Who? Because that was this past weekend. No. Is anyone else? No. Okay. Here? Um, just so listeners know, Doctor Who um, started again yesterday. So there you go. Is that why we didn't hear from you at all yesterday? That's correct. <laughs> it takes a lot of preparation to watch Doctor Who. You have to watch the marathon leading up to it. It's like nine and a half hours. Right. At any rate, all right, so nobody wants to talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> I just want to show more love for the BBC and my friends overseas in England, all 150,000 of them. So I'm glad you got validated with the... Uh... I know, right? Because... That was a little bit rough. With Canada, you took some hits. Oh, yeah. I was so wrong on Canada. Being part of the Commonwealth and everything. So wrong about Canada. We don't know any Canadians, do we? Like, personally? Yeah. Rob Parker. Rob Parker. Yeah. Rob Parker, friend of yes, the podcast. I, I, I know. I know. I know he is. He wears, there's a horse's head picture he, of him. He has. Yes, yeah, yes. He has Spot a horse's on. head. Yeah. He has a horse's head. I thought they all had trash can heads. Because everything I know about Canada, <laughs> I learned from South Park. South Park came back now. Never mind. Let's get right to the topics. Misty, throw out a topic, um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll try to address it. Thank you, Livius. All right, so goal here this evening, a softer side of booked. So first question, multifaceted. Favorite or most important or most influential female characters in books? Can we hear that one more time? Let's start with favorite female characters in books. I just raised my hand because I don't get a chance to do this while we're recording via Skype. So I would like to go first. Lizbeth from The Girl with Everything. 
dragon tattoos and kicking playing nests. with fire, kicking nests. What's the new one Hornet called? Hornet nests. In the spider's web. In the spider's web, although we don't know if we'll like her quite as this much. But definitely, I think, one of one of my favorites. Um, you stole mine. I, my backup was Miriam Black from the Chuck Wendig books. Mm-hmm. Blackbirds, Mockingbird, and Thunder, uh, Cormorant. Mm-hmm. Soon to be also Thunderbird. Also soon to be some TV show somewhere. Stars. Right? Stars, I think, that's sure Stars And Stars is awesome. Star shows are great. What about Lizbeth? It is so great. Um, well, it, you know, we talked about, I don't think Strong. Was Strong one of them? Mm-mm. So, um, I liked her because she was really fucking badass. So, I, here's here's part of the problem. Here we go. We're already going off the right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let me settle in for this. This is all I see is that every single female character has to be strong. If a female character isn't strong, it's an issue, right? So, um, I like her because I think she was written long before that was such a huge deal. And I think that's why she stands out. I don't think it was forced for her to be a strong character. I think it was writing about a strong person who happened to be a woman. Not forcing it. To be a strong woman. Does that make sense? I might take issue with that. Okay, that's cool. Because the original title in the original, what is it, Swedish? Yes. Was something like Men Who Hate, hate Women. women. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a gender. I don't know, I guess that's true. I didn't, why didn't I know that? Have we talked about that on the podcast? We have. <laughs> the, the, original, the original name of, of it was something really fucking unpronounceable, is what I'm thinking. Like, well, Margestrom. Yeah. Sir might have been in Swedish. Yeah, might have been in Swedish. Probably in a... Yeah, do you... I'm assuming not speak Swedish. I speak very little Swedish. (laughs) Can we hear what you know? No. (laughs) No, you cannot. Damn it. All right. But, um, I... So, that's that's my problem. Okay. Slap Livius down. Now I don't want to talk anymore. No, no, no. I I still... I I don't know. I just, like I said, it seems like over the last few years, because... Steve Larson, I have to imagine, wrote that 15 years ago. Because I mean, he had delivered numerous manuscripts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, all three of those were completed, and that's been, what, seven or eight years since they've been out? It just seems like lately I see this trend among, amongst writers either criticizing people for not having strong female characters, or basically every female character we read about has to be really strong. And I don't know, it just seemed to me like she was one of the first very strong female characters. So maybe... I don't want to say a trendsetter, but at least in the type of things I read, she was one of the first really badass women's. So, yeah, okay. I'm telling my opinion. You don't tell me how to feel. Mm. Um, as far as influential goes, <laughs> and I thought there was gonna be more of a reaction to that. Um, as far as influential goes, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would say her because I think everybody modeled their shit after her. Now, this might be like a November rain situation where we go for something that's like right at the surface, and then the more we talk about it, this suddenly we realize I'm that. Like, to, yeah, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Something very obvious. Dagny Taggart from the Atlas Shrug. From Atlas Shrug. We were talking about Ayn Rand the other day. No? Yeah. Ayn Rand. Ayn. 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 <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Nine Rand. Nine Rand. Her I think that's sister, German, isn't it? Eight Rand. Yeah. Fucking invent a company and call it Nine Rand. <laughs> N-E-I-N Rand. Um, Jesse, any thoughts about, uh, well, most important, uh, favorite or most important, I think was the beginning. Favorite or most important? Favorite, most mm-hmm. important. favorite probably be Laurie from uh, It Came From Del Rio. Or oh, Sunset from Lansdale's Sunset and Sawdust. 
probably my two favorite. I'm shocked that Jude was not mentioned. Nobody wants to mention Jude. We can mention Jude. There's nothing wrong with her. She's just not my favorite. And if you want to talk the difference between strong, because Jude is a badass. She's a ninja. She's like Black Ops Army. She is strong, but a lot of a lot of fucked up shit happens to her too. I mean, everyone who like, if those books came out now, that would be highly criticized because oh, she's like so victimized and she's beaten and Broken she's you down. know raped in the past and whatnot. But I agree with Lydia. Everyone has it has to be a strong character now. But that's like as anti equality as everything else because that's basically saying that women can't be people, meaning they can't be complex. You know. <laughs> sometimes you're a hero, sometimes you're a victim. That's how human beings are. Jude, by the way, is from Kiss Me Judas for anybody who did not catch that reference. And then you said Eve. Like Eve Adam is, and or Goo from Penny, Penny Dreadful. Dreadful. Oh, okay. And she oh, is a weaker bird like she's still a strong female lead by the end, but she's much weaker than someone like Jude for for certain. She even p- plays the uh and the little dominatrix type show that she puts on. Right. She, yeah. She's the one that's dominated. She's the submissive. Topping from below. But a pivotal role as far as character goes. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Looking at my bookshelf now. I'd say the best ones are the ones who are in the middle somewhere. They're not all one, <laughs> one or the other thing. Can Jesse and I just talk for a little bit about Apple from Turbo from Kid from Kid Tur- from Turbo Kid instead? No, as an okay. awesome protagonist. <laughs> Maybe the exception. We are actually uh... going to get to TV or film characters. Oh, well, there, there we go. Yeah, we'll talk we're going to go there. But since amazing this characters. should be about books, I wanted to start with books. Any classics? Rob and I don't read classics. Yeah. yeah um, I'm trying to think of classics that involved notable women characters that I had women in them. Yeah. Um, doesn't ring. Doesn't ring any, doesn't no, ring any bells. No. Even cowgirls get the blues. Tom Robbins. Oh, Tom Robbins in general does have some some really awesome unique female characters. female characters. Not necessarily in like a feminist approach, but just like in he likes to take. I think he's got like a woman power kind of thing going on. Like he likes to explore the the potential of women characters. For sure, Tom Robbins. Have you read any Tom Robbins, Olivia? Zero Tom Robbins. What? Movie. You didn't know, like, Still Life with Woodpecker or anything like that? No. No, not that Did one. Jitterbug Perfume, Skinny Legs and All. Half Asleep in Frog Pajamas. Did you yeah. see that one? Okay. None of this? Mm-mm. Misty, none of it? Missed it. I'd say Fierce Invalid's Home from Hot Climates has my favorite characters, both men and women. Yeah, that's a good one. With the stilts and everything? The stilts? Yeah. Can't touch the ground? Or you'll die? The Matisse model as a nun? Yeah. So, nothing? Nothing. Neither of you have ever no, no. resisted. Yeah, we're, we're pretty sure you're making this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> pretty um, sure. That, okay, like, Still Life with Woodpecker, you read that one, right? Yeah. That's got one of the more disturbing, like, opening parts of a book I've ever read. Because it's the the woman, It's they're talking about how she miscarried, right? I don't was remember that, how it opened. I only remember that she uh, reaches down and pulls out a pube to prove that she's a true true redhead. That does happen. We'll be back to pubes in a little bit. <laughs> well, he will get favorite, to pubes. Favorite color pubes. There's a scene, that, I think the beginning of the book, the book opens up with... Um, 
with one of the like main female characters and she's a cheerleader and she's pregnant and she's out on the field doing a cheer and she miscarries mid cheer. That's how the book starts. What? Miss Carrie's. Are we, are we sure this isn't by what was that lady's name that wrote backdooring the brat? <laughs> <laughs> could have been. Could have been. This sounds like it could be Yikes. a sequel. Um, all right. Are we uh, are we done with female? Uh, are we guys? done with um, books then? So well, well, we don't have to be done with books. But anybody else have anything they want to contribute on strong female characters? I feel like in general it's something that we. And you guys actually have listened to at least some of the episodes. You can you can correct me on this when I'm wrong, but like, I think that we've at least talked about it in a constructive way when we have a female character that we're confronted with. Not in the way we're, we're confronted like, with when we have to deal with a female character <laughs> in a book. When we're burdened with a female way. character. But what I'm trying to say is like we're not like we're not playing into the every female character must be strong thing. We're playing into. This character reads as a good character, I yep. think. Yep. I like reading about people, not stereotypes Issues. or lack or whatever the opposite of a stereotype is. Monotype? Mo- is it monotype? It's stereo. Sounds mono. sounds right, but <laughs> nobody fuck, come on guys. <laughs> I'm not gonna be carrying all you assholes. <laughs> trying to think like, quadrotype. Percentage percentage wise. Four channel type. What would Surround you say? sound type. Female leads in a book, percentage-wise, 10% of what we read. Is <laughs> Which that, is why I thought yeah. these were good questions. Yeah. 10%. We did that one recently, the Jake Hinkson book, The Big Ugly. The Big Ugly. Character's last name was Bennett. She was a... I would say she was a good female character. She was a great female character. She yeah. was very clever and resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. I say 10%. He mentions one book that we reviewed in four years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to run through the whole list of reviews? No, no, but it has to be. It has to be relatively it's low. low. Yeah. It is low. I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're not we're not as narrow genre-wise as maybe we once were, but, I mean, it's not like we cover everything. Sure. Oh, yeah. So I would have to say, I'm not saying, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the breakdown is of female leads in books overall, if you take all fiction books or even just everything on the bestseller list. Well, we definitely don't read feminist literature, so... There's a thing? Feminist literature? We read some feminist literature? You don't want to read feminist feminist literature. No, but I want to review feminist literature. (laughs) (laughs) These are two totally different things. This is a very important and strong uh, distinction you just made. Mm. Misty, what else you got for us? Alright, same thing. TV or film? Turbo Kid? Oh, let's just talk about Turbo Kid for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Missy and I are going to go for a walk. Turbo Kid has a character named Apple who is, is not maybe not the main protagonist, but definitely an important and pivotal character. And she is my favorite woman in movies in recent memory, followed close second by the chick that's in Spring. Which um, I know Rob has not seen because Rob refuses to watch anything I recommend. You know, Jesse has seen Spring and Misty has <laughs> seen Spring. I have. In- links and text messages. <laughs> yes, including links and text messages that I send. But yeah, I mean, just for very, very recent, I loved both of them. Um, and I don't know... I mean, both of them were strong characters. 
Um, but I, I don't know if that's exactly what it was I liked about him. Jesse, I'm going to go to you just because you have experience with both of these before we move on to Rob. Apple is, um, she's like both the coolest and most adorable character ever. Like, she just makes you smile <laughs> with everything is so awesome to her. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like the, the best contagious. and highest level of, of positivity that, yeah, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it's what brings the small. main character yeah. around. Yep, so it absolutely. brings the, the actual protagonist around. Well, as I said, it's a very pivotal character in, in the in the movie. And as he said, if it makes me smile, you gotta know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> you smiled? Several times. Did you I, might even, uh... I might even giggled. <laughs> That's cute. Which actually does kind of dig into the something that I've always thought about you, which I don't know if I've actually verbalized, vocalized to you or not. They're like you're two people. You're like an old grumpy guy. And like a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't even, can't even argue my way out of that. That's probably fairly accurate. And Apple appeals to both. Yes. Even the grumpy old man in me likes Apple. Aww. That's adorable. The 12-year-old girl in me wants to be Apple. That's even cuter somehow. <laughs> oh, no. That's for recent movies. While Rob, while Rob takes a shot at this, I'm going to think if there's some like movies I've, you know... Older movies that I can think of, someone I've really adored. Movies and TV shows. It's a very important character from a very important movie that I think we all need to talk about. I was going to ask if you want to talk about (laughs) the female character that's influenced us in the last four days. Envy Adams? Envy Adams uh, from the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World movie. Very pivotal, strong influence in my life. Um, Was she strong and pivotal in the movie? No, not at is all. She, <laughs> is she the blonde or the one with the blue hair? Question. The blonde. She's the blonde with yeah. the white coat. Ramona Flowers is the uh, purple, blue, green hair. Pink. Pink. Yep. Yeah. So, Envy Adams. In, um... Natalie. Uh, what is yeah, it yeah, yeah. about Envy Adams? She's really hot, and there's this one scene where they're playing a song... And um, she's Rob objectifying women. I don't know if anybody else picks that up. I would go. I would call her breezy. That's what I would, I would call her. <laughs> breezy. Definition. Also, we just <laughs> Jesse earlier today made up a term for for beautiful woman. Breezy. So. I like it. And how interesting that you are choosing the object- objectification of women on your first one. <laughs> Livius, on the other hand. There's no twelve-year-old girl. Part of me. I gotta go there and hopefully there's no Rob in any 12 year old girls. (laughs) Envy Adams. Um, Scott Pilgrim actually has a lot of kind of more prominent female characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna, alright, so I'm gonna gonna clarify this for anybody who's wondering. (laughs) Whenever these three are in the same room, they watch. One thing over and over and over again. In Minneapolis, it was Hannibal. So had we have done this episode, then every answer would have been Hannibal. For the last four days, for the last four days, how many times has Scott Pilgrim played on your Apple Air box oh, or whatever? Three times, called? like from start to finish, I'd say. But that one video. Yeah, there's Evie. also a music video um, of of the band that I was talking about playing that song, and that's been played probably fifteen 15? times. Yeah. yeah. Easily. So, uh. We're saying the same words. It's kind of strange. (laughs) So, every female from Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) Um, Was there anybody else? 
Other than in Scott Pilgrim? Yes. Well, that's kind of been dominating my mind lately. Okay. Um, but if we kind of go around, I might I might think of something else. So, Misty. Oh, female film characters, and I wasn't even ready. Or TV. Um, TV, I was trying to think of something that wasn't necessarily badass. So, Lucille Bluth. Okay. And I thought of, Context. for you, Lady Grantham. Arrested Development. Yes, I know what that is. Yes, Lady Grantham is an amazing character, and that's from Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Context for people. Um, she's a crotchety old woman, but she's got a heart of gold. And she's one of the funniest characters. Not funniest women, not funniest British. Like, one of the funniest characters on television, I think. Subtly funny. Wow, never saw Downton Greatness. And very sweet. And I'm going to cry like sweet. a little bitch when it's all over. 12 year old girl. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. TV? Um, if I went to TV, uh, I would. <laughs> every, every woman on the cast of Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> There's nothing else to say to that. Um, Jesse's got some stuff, I'm yep. sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, God, why am I blinking her name? Penny Dreadful. Um, Vanessa Ives, Penny Dreadful, Pam Beasley, The Office. Pam Beasley. <gasps> and not necessarily a strong character, at least not at the beginning, but she becomes strong in a believable way. Pam? Yes. She does have quite an arc. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Can't I thought she was just Firefly. From the beginning till the end. I watched she the maintains her cuteness, but she grows a lot. I'm going to... Vanessa Ives. Oh, Faith. Faith from Buffy, yeah. Or Buffy from Buffy. Or Buffy from Buffy. <laughs> Vanessa Ives, though, is, is a brilliant. Because if you want to talk about strong, she's fierce. Yeah. Yes. Fierce. But no other character has probably been victimized more and is hard before yep. they True. can conquer. If you guys haven't watched Penny Dreadful, by the way, I'm going to strongly recommend. So I really like Penny Dreadful after season one. Um, but after season two... Fucking Penny Dreadful, man. And that's what Rob said. Gets even better. Rob was absolutely right. Penny Dreadful. Yeah, Penny Dreadful. Amazing. The Vanessa character, definitely. A lot of She's one of those, like, I'm a bad person and there's no good in me and all that kind of stuff. But she's, like... <laughs> she's so hot. So consistently the sweetest person. Like, she cares so much about people. And I think it's because she was bad to people. And mm-hmm. she didn't like how she was when she was bad to people. So... Um, she's got that tortured, constantly trying to redeem herself kind of approach to things, but she is a straight up badass when she needs to be. Absolutely. Straight up badass. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't say Buffy, man. It seemed too obvious. Mm. Buffy the Vampire Scully? Slayer. Ooh, oh, yeah. Scully. X-Files. Yes. Yeah. Well, even her, um, and Hannibal. What? The. Psychotic. Bedelia. Bedelia. Yeah. Yes. Bedelia. Any of Hank Moody's girlfriends, I can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly Wait, the one that punched him in the face. Yes, yes, the one from fucking and punching. Yes, her too. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> Irene Adler. Irene Adler, Sherlock Holmes. Molly Hooper. Um, Molly Her- Hooper. 13 from House. 13 from House. Didn't really ever watch House. Didn't watch it either. Olivia. Olivia Wilde. That's her. Mm. Oh. Yeah. She's breezy. She, she is, is breezy. She's probably breezy. 
She's the only reason I watched Tron. Tron? Like the new Tron? Yeah, the new Tron. Wasn't worth it. Pretty sure she's the only reason I've watched quite a few movies. <laughs> I don't know if I've actually seen her in another movie. Or in a movie. I've, I, I know she was in Tron, which I didn't watch. And clearly on like three seasons of House. So, wow. We actually pulled off characters from TV and movies way better than we did books. We did TVs better than we did sad. movies, I think. Well, I will say Netflix is helpful. There is mm-hmm. a category called Strong Female Leads for both books. Or Why? TV and movies. <laughs> Snoop from The Wire, anyone? Oh, oh yeah. Snoop from Snoop Careful, she actually shot someone. Oh, that's her. That's how I was going to ask. I didn't watch The In Wire. In real life. That's that's um the 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 gang one the one that was in the gang right mm-hmm. yeah. was on the news yeah yeah, yeah. and then didn't later, know that arrested again but then in in Dermaphoria yes she is she's in Dermaphoria if that ever gets released okay I didn't want to bring that up either <laughs> <laughs> oh we talk real on the podcast well you've heard it yeah we talks real Dermaphoria where has it gone. So here's what we're going to do. The four of us are going to pool together whatever money we have in our pockets. And we're going to make a distribution company. Oh. And then we're going to distribute Dirt Before You. And Godspeed. And I'm all ready. Can we do Road to Hell too? That's the sequel to Streets of Fire. That's another one that's been... It's been at like Fire? This is the moment where <laughs> Olivius loses me on his references. Streets of Fire, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so there was a sequel. The movie Streets of Fire was in the 80s. It was a rock and roll fable, man. <laughs> 80s rock and roll fable? Yeah. See, anybody See now anybody who, who knows the movie was like, oh, yes, rock and roll fable, because it says at the beginning, rock and roll fable. And yet yesterday she was geeking out on the never-ending story, which is also an 80s fable. The Road to Hell has been produced. Respectable. And has been screened a few places and has like 700 IMDb reviews, but is nowhere. And I'll be honest with you, not only is it nowhere that you can watch it legally, there's nowhere to download it illegally. I've looked. I've asked around. It is 2015. Something exists in this world that is completely not attainable through legal or illegal means. So when we open our distribution company, can we add that to the list too, please? Just so I can see it. We don't even have to show it to other people. I don't give a shit. Can we just get our hands on it so I can watch it? It's done entirely in front of green screen. Stars that guy that was in the first one. And then these two like lesbian strippers that are trying to kill him. Or maybe his daughter. I'm not really sure on the plot points. You guys have never seen Streets of Fire? The, none of this is familiar. Willem Dafoe is in it. Willem Dafoe. Okay. He is the villain right. in... He's always the Does villain. That's his typecast. Of people? Yes. His face can play no other role. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafriend. <laughs> Good one. Man, we could just keep going now with the movie talk. I mean, it brings up more characters every time. Ginger from Ginger Snaps? Oh. I've not seen Ginger Snaps. What about really? Ellen Page's character in Hard Candy? <laughs> That's a strong uh, female character. Very, very strong female character. Um, other than that, I don't watch movies with women in them, so I don't know. I'm going to bow out of this particular... You watch clips with women in them. <laughs> Amy Schumer, am I right? Oh, that's coming. I'll edit don't this out. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. favorite women comedians. What? 
Are we? Abby and Olana from uh, Broad City. Gotta throw them out there too. See, and I haven't seen that yet. Broad but City. I will. Have you seen Broad City? Broad I don't City. even know what this is. Jesse made it up. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I did not make it up. Jesse has a like a like a dissociative personality disorder, and the mm. other personality made up a, yep. a show called Broad City. Yeah. So apparently, we know a lot more about movies and TV than we do about books. Yep. I'm a little. Also, sad I was, did you ever watch Alias? Yes. I did not. That was one of my no, favorite female characters. Sydney? In life, Sydney Bristow, Marla Singer, Fight Club. I would, he had switched it. If it came back around to movies, that was my next. I love Marla. I do too. And I don't appreciate how they redid her character and Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. I don't want to give anything away, but sorry. <laughs> Spoiler. Has anybody read the Fight Club? comic stuff at all? Yeah. I've read up to... I'm probably current with it. First and four issues. And... How do you feel about it? And I'm going to wait for the trade to be issued and then just read the whole thing in one fell swoop. Polinic you... appears in the comic book, my understanding. As do other workshop people. As I do don't think I like that, actually. Monica Drake, I'm assuming. Yep. And... I believe there. It was all women in I think Chelsea Kane. Yeah. Chelsea Kane's in it. I'm on board with that. What's What's Chelsea Kane. Oh, beauty killer Gretchen. <gasps> Gretchen. Susan Ward. Yes. Nobody in the nobody that's listening is gonna understand what they're <laughs> <laughs> No Chelsea Kane fans. Well, it's just. What was Gretchen in? Gretchen is her like Hannibal Lecter character. It's a female serial killer that's in her. She has a series. It starts with Heartsick, I think is the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Have you, you've not read them? No. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Mm-hmm. I've heard from Jesse, actually. <laughs> they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been funny. Jesse's other, other personality. Yeah. Yeah. She hangs out in that circle. She does all the Chuck Palahniuk stuff whenever there's an AWP or the bedtime stories. She's in those. Pajama party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I don't like... All right, so... I, 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 I'm I okay going to readings. You don't want to spend the night with 200 strangers? I was even okay with the Mark Danielewski one, even though it was, like, really, really packed in there, but oh. that's because we got there super early over in the front row. If I got to show up in, like, fucking pajamas and people are throwing balloons at me... Right? Well... Out. Except that, I think they're trying to make it more of an interactive show, because I think, I hate to say this, but readings can be very boring. All right, we'd like to thank Misty Bennett for <laughs> spending some time with us here at Brooks. <laughs> and let's talk about Noir at the Bar that's coming up here in Chicago again. Fine, edit that out. No, that, no, we won't edit it out. You're entitled to your opinion, right or wrong. They're boring, and... So I think they're trying to liven it up, make it more like a, a live music show. I get, I get it. How okay? Have you do you have you seen like the the entirety of one or I have seen not. like the of way theirs? That, yeah. No. Because I guess what I what I've seen is, you can be, a boring reader, and therefore your reading is boring. You can be an entertaining reader. 
and therefore your reading is entertaining. David James Keaton. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, if David James Keaton is at a reading, I'm there and it's entertaining. Were you, were you bored when you went to see Daniel Lusky read? No. But he's also an exceptional reader. He is. He does a great job with his reading. And that's the thing. I think that so many authors, by virtue of the fact that they're authors, are not performers or entertainers. Agreed. Um, and if... Now, this is me getting a little judgy on something I haven't seen, but like if you got to do all this smoke and mirrors <laughs> to have what's considered a fun Aww. reading, that's not really doing much to endorse your reading abilities. I understand what you're saying, but so going back to David James Keaton, the reading that he did was it in Minneapolis, and he and who somebody else they kind of were Neil ripping Smith. on each, Neil Smith, yes, ripped on each other a little bit, mm -hmm. and he even changed a little bit of his yeah book to kind of hit him back, which was awesome and interactive and kind of a bit of a show. Sure. It made it more entertaining. It I did. think they're just trying to make it more entertaining. Okay. I And I endorse that. I think that anybody who's putting any effort toward making readings anything but fucking like snore in inducing. So you agree. Is, they can be kind They of, can be very boring. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I kind of got off on a tangent here, didn't I? <laughs> it's okay. I'm trying to think, and, and, and I'm just, I've been to, you know, I don't know, better than a dozen readings. I don't know if at any point I'd say that the whole reading was boring. There have been some boring readers. Oh, Rob yeah. Knows, Rob knows exactly who I'm referring to when I say that. <laughs> um, but, um, by and large, I don't know that the entire event was boring. And, and I have to say, I see, and Jesse and I talked about this yesterday, um, some of that's dependent. I mean, Noir at the Bar, East Coast, whichever one you are with, like, 18 people reading, God bless you. I probably wouldn't show up to that. That's a little much for me, and I could see that not not being really... Because I think then what happens is one of two things. Either you're forcing someone to read for three minutes, which isn't fair to the reader, or to the audience, really, to only get that small of a snippet, or it's four and a half hours. And quite honestly, I don't want to watch Daniel Lewski read for four and a half hours if he's followed by Polinick and, and Keaton. And I mean, it's just too long. So it's it doesn't, you know. I think there's a fair middle ground, and depending on the type of readers you have, is really going to. I'm with Rob. Pajama party, probably not my thing. No gimmicks? No. I sleep I mean, naked. Gimmicks so. can be okay. <laughs> what about Suicide Girls reading? Um, I don't. Uh, I. I think I've only seen one Suicide Girl read, and she was not in her pajamas. So I don't know if it's a fair assessment for me to say, specifically, Suicide Girl readings are a good or bad thing. Um, that's really all I've got. I guess my here's my thing about the whole gimmicks thing. I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, there's ways to go about it, I think. Um, what I would like to see authors do is practice reading and <laughs> I wasn't even and that's it that's what we'd like to see him do alright next up um, record yourself sadly, play it back yeah like there's so many times that a reader misses opportunities to be entertained it's not difficult like if you just learn how to speak in front of people you're, you're going to these readings. It's probably not like you're going to do one and that's it for the rest of your life. You're probably, if you're an author, going to be doing this on a regular basis. Eric Beatner, who hosts Noir at the Bar in L.A., uh, was a great reader. And it wasn't like he was a David James Keaton where he was entertaining and all that. 
he just knew how to speak and he knew how to interact with the audience. And that's all that's really necessary. But sometimes that's a natural gift. And there's a reading. Or oh, a we reading. know. There's a reason that they're writers. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> you see how much I let Livius talk on stage. Um, are, 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 we, are, are we done with favorite female characters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. All right. Moving on. How about bands? Singers? With women? Uh, and we all... I will say, we did talk about this question. Let's talk about Scott Pilgrim for 26 minutes. <laughs> no, we all, had a, we all had a feeling who you would pick. Um, there is a little known um, performer um, named Lennon that I'm a huge fan of. You know Lennon? Yes, I've seen Lennon. I've had Lennon sign stuff for me. You yes. are kidding I me. Lennon. I actually saw Goat her for, for Alice Cooper, yes. <laughs> I saw her open for Alice Cooper is where I first saw I her. I have never like, met another person that knows who Glennon is. Yeah. yeah, if she would just keep making music, because apparently she's spending way too much time like on Pinterest and not enough time like fucking writing music. Does she have more than the one album? She has two. There's two? two. I stopped yeah. looking her up. Yeah. 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 Property of Shock. Genuine shock right here. Y'all don't know who Lennon is? No, I have no idea. So Lennon, one of your then that was obviously Len- Lennon not. Murphy because I do believe there was some kind of lawsuit over using the name there was. Lennon or whatever. So Lennon Murphy for anybody who wants to hit Spotify maybe or I'm pretty sure she's on. I think that second album's on the Google Play. Color me impressed. So um, I'm gonna go with that. Who's your number two? Oh, you know it's tough. Can starts I with an L. Starts with an L. Um, <laughs> being fed. Um, I have no idea who you're referring to. Lord? Kiss me deadly. Lord. Lita, oh, Ford. Lita Ford. So, okay. <laughs> Lita Ford. I don't even know how to explain my relationship with Lita Ford. My relationship with Lita Ford is 16-year-old me with a 12-year-old girl living inside of him. Absolutely enamored with Lita Ford. Like, 25, 26-year-old me sees her on MTV, and she is the most bitter, haggard fucking woman in the entire world. Do you guys, have you guys ever seen an interview with her, like, post her, like, peak years? Oh, yeah. Have not. Oh, she fucking hates everybody and everything. She makes me look like a shiny, happy person. Wow. That's so, saying something. Um, so, yeah, I did like Lita Ford um, back in the day. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Joy Drop. Um, not a lot of women in my, in my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure is shocking to everybody. Um... I don't know if anybody else jumps to mind. I'll, I'll pop in after. Jesse? Uh, Susie and the Banshees. Anique John, Sarah Johnston. Um, Life Without Buildings. Bangles. Lita Ford. Finally one I know. <laughs> he's just not He's not taking mine. You're going to let me have mine, right? Uh, you you know, can fucking have that one. They're, they're, <laughs> you know, pretty much all over the place. Are you going to talk about The Connection? The, the connection, yeah, 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 X, Kim Gordon, Sonic Youth. Man. Karen O, I'm on board with that. Well, you know, mine's gonna be Bjork. That's who I, the Bjork yeah. connection, yeah. We yeah. saw Bjork at the bar today, on the bottle. Is we Bjork do. actually a woman? Yes. Can we talk about this for a second? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, is there a conspiracy about her gender? I don't know, I gotta be honest with you, when I hear She's her, an apple. Yeah, she. I don't. I'm not sure that's actually a, a human being. 
She's... Because of what she can do with her voice? Yeah, well, there's that, and she looks kind of... Icelandic? She's Icelandic, yeah. Is it because she looks like Tony McMillan? Is... <laughs> <laughs> so much. So much like Tony McMillan. Is Tony McMillan Icelandic? <laughs> no. no. Do all people in Iceland look like that? I think there might be some kind what? of Iceland quality about them. I think they Fucking look like the, Eskimo-ish. The what do they call? If. Elf. That might be the ugliest country No, they're like Inuit, the aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're Inuit. That could be the ugliest country on the planet if they all look like you. No. <laughs> Inuits are Cana- natives of Canada. Aren't they Eskimos? Jesse is about to punk me on knowledge. What the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> Eskimos? <laughs> so they're all governed by the queen? What is fucking happening? No. <laughs> no. no. Iceland was not part of the Commonwealth. <laughs> but if Inuits are Canadian... I, I thought I, there were Inuits in Alaska. Icelanders so are not Inuit. Inuits are... They're Nordic. Their heritage is Nordic. Oh, it's not the same as what's in Alaska and Canada? Yeah, well... Blast. Yeah. I hope there's no Iceland listeners that are incredibly there, offended there are no, by there are, listen, there are no Iceland listeners. We know this for a fact. I have, yeah. I have a, yeah. Rob has greenlit some countries. I can say whatever the fuck I want about based on <laughs> listenership. <laughs> and there's not a lot of them. We have no <laughs> listeners, but Iceland. Open season on yeah. Iceland. Open season. season. Um... All I can say is that if, if Trump is president, we won't have to deal with any more slice landing bullshit. Or Inuits or anything. <laughs> Do you guys want to pause and see if Livius can pronounce some city names from Iceland? Yes. I am up to this challenge. So you're going to pronounce them? I'm going to repeat them? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we brought up on Wikipedia a uh, an article called Cities in Iceland, and Livius is going to read. There's like four or five. Can I ask a question? <laughs> We've already determined we have no listeners in Iceland. <laughs> I'm already right, because there's nobody to, to say I'm wrong. Right? Because there's nobody to correct me. I just want to see how smoothly you pronounce these. That's all this is about. All right, I'm going to go with Reykjavik. Kopavogurg. Akurier. Oh, that one's rough. Akuri. There's way too many letters. Akurieri. Akurieri. Keflavik. And Selfos. Homeboy's got his Romanian voice out. If you have, if there's anybody who knows someone from Iceland... Only let him listen to this part, and then let us know how I did. Don't listen to that part where I said it might be the ugliest country in the world. Second moment of shock. Number one, Lennon. Number two, Livius pronouncing... Icelandic cities. Unbelievable. Who, did you think four year and a half years ago when we started this podcast... I'd be pronouncing Icelandic cities on <laughs> podcast? No. Bucket list item. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Can I ask you... I'm sorry, we're going back. How did you learn about Lennon? Um, she opened for Alice Cooper, who I'm a huge fan of. It's got to be can't get over 13, it. 14 years ago. And I got to meet her afterwards. Had a, had a CD signed and mm-hmm. stuff. But I, I, I will say, I've seen Alice Cooper 14 times, I think. And I don't think Whoa. I ever saw him upstaged, except for that night. Awesome. Like, she was just electric on legs. I mean, like, just blew it out of the water. Badass. I just tried to imagine what actual electricity on legs was going to look like. Look up <laughs> like a Lennon Murphy. <laughs> I will later. Five thirty a.m. Saturday morning. Is that mm-hmm. the big day of that yeah. is. That is it. So Bjork. Oh yeah, that's agreed. Yeah, all over it. Bjork. Um, other female. I don't know why. And this is like my the closest I have to the twelve the twelve year old girl part of me is I'm a big fan of Gwen Stefani's solo work specifically. You. Love it. I can't get enough of it. You. 
And Misty says, ew. So, what about you? I think we all know my number one. Tori Amos. Tori mm-hmm. Amos. I even knew that. Yeah. Story star. Story? Okay. Story star. Um, Bjork, of course. Uh, PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey. The one other fan. Oh, PJ Harvey's a woman. <laughs> also a woman. Yes. You, you <laughs> said that yesterday, and I was totally. I, I had. To, I was thinking of a. Her I name is Polly. I don't know what band I was thinking of when you said that, but I was totally thinking it was a guy. No, this she frequently worked with Nick Cave. Um, I don't understand that Nick Cave thing either. Let me alienate some more listeners. Dude, I was at, there was, when I lived in the city, there was a burrito place. It was like two doors down from my apartment. And I walk in one day, and I'm not a Nick Cave fan, and I don't really know much about Nick Cave in general. And I fucking swear to you, this happened. I walked in, and I like stopped, because I saw this dude sitting down in a booth at this burrito place. And I'm like, that's Nick Cave. Not even really understanding who that was. So then I got my phone out before I even ordered my food. And I'm like, I searched for Nick Cave and I found a photo. And I'm like, it's uncanny. It wasn't really? him. Oh, okay. But this guy looks so much like Nick Cave. Is that... this like the time we saw the True Blood guy in California? No, that actually no, that, was the, True, was Blood the True Blood guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but while we're on the subject of Nick Cave, I don't understand Tom Waits either. Okay, it's you like, know what? It's like listening to the fucking Cookie Monster. <laughs> I agree with that, and I hate to, to because so many people who I respect love him. I, and I, I and I try and I will I will be honest with you. I did find one song, and of course I, I don't know what it is. I'll describe it for all of the Tom Waits fans. It, it's about he's he, he's in a bar, and there's this thing with a girl, and and it's it, it's actually kind of a sad song, and it's actually. I hope I don't song? fall in love with you. Yes, oh. that fucking song is pretty goddamn brilliant, and that led me to maybe there's something to this, and I probably spent a couple of weeks here and there trying to listen to all of it, and the rest of it all sounded like it was gonna be followed by uh, the Count and Big Bird. <laughs> And those weird, like, Kermit the Frog crossovers when he was on Sesame Street for some reason. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, of course. Yikes. Tom Waits, big fan of Illinois. Wait, he's a big fan of a state? Yeah, like the Chicago and suburbs area. I don't know if you did. I was was not aware. No? Did you? I knew he was a big fan of Minneapolis. He at least writes and sings about it a lot. He's written about, like, Johnsburg, Illinois, which is like. Little middle of nowhere, yeah. half an hour from here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's written several songs about the area, <sighs> our er- my area. <laughs> Interesting. Misty, well, what else are you one... gonna force women on us with? Well, I can't. Oh. I have to say one more name, and you actually oh, liked her at least one song, yes. Amanda Palmer. Yes, Amanda Palmer. That crowdfunded album. That whole thing was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did struggle a little bit with her back catalog. wasn't quite my my taste. The Dresden Dolls yes. stuff. Oh, um, I love them. And who killed Amanda Palmer? You didn't like that. I don't remember if that was. I, I'm gonna say I try sampled stuff from her back catalog, but I thought I don't remember what it was called. But the the one she kickstarted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Almost every song on there was fucking spot on. Brilliant. Do it with a rock star. Yes. The really good mm-hmm. one. Yep. yep. Excellent. I may have only listened to Amanda Palmer because you suggested it. To be honest. Oh, see, he listens to women. And she's also known as Neil Gaiman's wife. Yes. <laughs> Nowadays. There's that too. We talked about that in poor Neil Gaiman. Every time a fucking nutcase goes out into the street and does something, <laughs> that poor bastard has to go write another novel to hide himself away from the rest of the world. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to see some breastfeeding incidences as soon as that baby comes out. 
Oh, we're just talking about a man Palmer. <laughs> in general, like I know it's more common now. Um. Yeah. No. Okay. Fine. Next question. I guess this is really just for Livius, but Rob, you can chime in. Do you also hate Amy Schumer? Um, I don't know enough about Amy Schumer to hate her. Um, I've seen some you stuff. <laughs> and I think, I th- now, you know, I'll tell you some of the stuff I've seen, it's mostly little skits that people have shared through social media or on Tumblr or whatever, but um, it's not bad. I, what was the one I watched? It was, did she, she did one, that's her, right? The one that did the one about the aging women in movies. Yes. Yeah, the last fuckable day. Yes, that was that was actually pretty clever. I, I kind of like that. I don't know that it was enough for me to go out of my way to seek out more of her. Now, if she winds up in a bunch of fucking movies, like that other chick that was in uh, the the whatever the female version of The Hangover was called Bridesmaids. Uh, oh, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I like Kristen. Yeah. Wade. See, that to me is just that's. I did not like. A, I did not like Bridesmaids. She's an appalling but... woman. <laughs> okay. Oh, Can you tell me what an appalling woman is? That that the chick from Bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. I have yet to see a clip of anything that she's in where I thought it was actually she's like Will Ferrell, but a woman. So I hate Will Ferrell, and Will Ferrell as a woman did nothing to improve. Will he Ferrell also hates me. women's. <laughs> I don't hate women's. I, I I mentioned at least three women I like during this this episode. For some of her fictional characters, granted. <laughs> also, he did not go straight for objectification, which I cannot say about you, Rob, today. I have good days and bad days. <laughs> Rob, you want to talk about your hate for Amy Schumer? She's just not funny. She's not, <laughs> she's not a funny... She is a comedian, right? Like, that's yes, what her title would be. Like, in, like, if I looked her up on IMDb... Business card, comedian. Right. Comedian? Yes. Well, she's got to start getting funny. Because... She's not. All right. Well, Jesse and I disagree, but I'm gonna fair say enough. the funniest comedian that actually tackles women's issues is Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> so I know he's not a woman, but if we're gonna talk about everyday life of women and someone who addresses them in a way that I find particularly amusing, I'm it's gonna the drive dice. right past that. I think next topic is just fine. <laughs> okay. Um, what posters were in your bedroom as a teenager? Um, they were they were um, all long-haired rock bands that probably looked a lot like women. <laughs> so there was a, I remember a Poison poster. Very vividly remember that one. There, oh, there was one. Oh, I'm older than all of you. It's like the girl in like the, it, they weren't thongs at the time, but riding the bicycle. And it's just like, just like her ass, like on the back of a bicycle. <laughs> I did have one of those up. Um, Livius was into the ass oh, before oh, the ass was popular. Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper poster, also in the thong and a bicycle. Um, and then, and then I yes, of course. <laughs> and then I had a lot of like the, the like like the eight and a half by elevens. Those would rotate out from whatever like hit parade Ooh. I had that month. Oh, you know what I mean? So those I can't. I mean, I, I, in my head, I can see some circus of them. magazine. Yes, I can see like Y and T maybe, but those kind of got those were like oh this is cool, and I would just pull down an old one and slap another one up on the wall. Motley Crue. How how many of those weird fucking mirrors you get from like the carnival? Did you have? It's a, like, like the only big... fucking game I would ever play in hopes of winning. <laughs> one of those. Yeah, exactly. Logos, those things. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you had some of those. 
I, as the guy would go and you know you pay like this is like the biggest scam right because they'd be like oh hit a poster with a dart like three bucks and you get the poster and the fucking posters are all real big so basically all you're doing is buying a poster but you threw a dart to get it does this sound familiar to anybody yeah yeah oh yeah I would yeah totally yeah. do that a lot yeah. a lot for anybody from the Chicagoland area I spent a lot of time listening to Real Precious Metal on BBX which will only ever mean anything to anybody from like the north side of Chicago or up north of there so that's what I grew up on I had five appetite for destruction mirrors excellent five <laughs> he fucking I knew I was that I question was more jean for jacket than. jean jacket with patches I was too I had it yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. did you King I Diamond Abigail jacket. was the main one I had on the back and then there were various smaller ones King that's, Diamond huh yeah alright ripped your own jeans too I bet right yeah pretty much yeah I paid for him to rip mine <laughs> <laughs> so alright so while we're doing it I'm gonna I'm gonna go around the room first rock concert Jesse wait I thought we were gonna all talk about our posters are we not? oh I'm sorry yeah we're gonna talk about no, yeah, let's, let's, I, I will edit that or we can double it up where you no, talk no, I, will, I will come back to that posters um I'm I'm younger than Livius but my bedroom was the same as Livius's <laughs> I used to send my posters when I was done with them I used to send them to Jesse he had second hand posters from me Jesse's like finally the bike thong one <laughs> <laughs> the Alice Cooper bike song. <laughs> that one's worth like 500 these days. Yeah. Don't knock that shit. <laughs> On the secondary poster market? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called eBay. Yeah, it's, prob- right. there's prob- it's probably a thing. <laughs> I hate the world. That's... Do you have any idea how much vin- <laughs> vintage rock t-shirts cost? Oh, I can uh, imagine. On eBay, yeah. I mean, people sell, those go for like three hundred dollars. Yeah, and I know I just threw all of mine away. It's a racket. I know I had a Motley Crue poster, as wow. foreign a concept as it may seem to you. Um, a lot of my, you know, how you said stuff from magazines and stuff like that. A lot of my walls were decorated with. This is going to just blow your hair back. Pages from skateboarding magazines like Thrasher. I was big into skateboarding when I was in like junior high. We would have always been best friends because yeah. we know each other. Yeah. Oh man. Skater boys. Oh. <laughs> that, that's why Rob had Still? those posters. <laughs> he was into skater boys. You guys boys. remember how excited she was when she saw there was a skate park like four blocks from here, and I thought she was thought like, oh, that's interesting, but she was like, no, pull around, pull around. <laughs> cruising. Misty's oh, cruising the skate parks. Yeah, I was really big into skateboarding and a lot of like. Um, so it would be like, you know, pages from skateboard yeah. magazines, but then like drawings of like the logos, because like, or stickers. Stickers were huge back then, so oh, I had like yeah. all the stickers from like, oh, and I had the Vision Streetwear shirt, the white one with the like the black and the red letters. Oh, There's man. one shirt. The jury said that. You know what I'm talking about, the one with the black letters. That's not good. <laughs> she knows exactly what I'm Thank talking you. about. I also only wear like Vans and what was the other shoe brand? That... Airwalks. Airwalks. The ones with yes. the, the, the Velcro. Oh um, man, those that was the shit. The all black ones. And they had the Velcro top. So you're... We also wore a lot of No Fear. No. Mm-hmm. You didn't wear No Fear gear? Just for posers. Oh. I can tell by the look on his face, those for posers. I know, you just shut me down. That hurts. It's like Jenko's. I, it hurts that you were wearing the No Fear gear. We broke up just now. Woo. I know, that, I mean, just because of clothing. IOU. I owe, I owned way too much IOU stuff in my in my younger years. That was probably totally not cool by the time you guys were like buying. I don't know those, what that is. The, 
Yeah, no idea what I did. Did you ever own any Jabot jeans? Yes, I had one pair. Some Cavariches. Some Cavariches. Yes. So you've yeah. seen that shirt before, the Vision Streetwear shirt. Yes. Yeah. I have actually. I do know. When you showed me that picture, I, I know what you were talking about. Gosh. So posters. Um, I was more with Rob as far as Book magazines. Podcast. Absolutely, I tore a lot of things out of magazines and put them up. You did those so weird didn't... chick collages where we were like cutting <laughs> fucking like the yes. lips out of one magazine. Oh, and... Actually, yes, I did. As far as um, feminine type <laughs> stuff, but no. But I used to buy hip raiders all the time. Um, what that else French did they noir have? cat poster. <laughs> um, Chet noir. Rolling Stone, like that mm-hmm. that one with uh, Gavin Rossdale on the cover when he was shirtless in the bed with that bullet necklace. That. Right. She still has that up, is what she's trying to say. You guys remember that, right? I'll send and you a I picture when I get home. used to have shrines, like Brandon Boyd Shrine from Incubus. Yeah. And had a Tori Amos. We actually had a really cool CD store that had um, drawings or like sketches of musicians. And I had a Tori Amos one that was pretty badass. You just reminded me. Can't remember what magazine it was, but one magazine had Ani DeFranco on the cover where she had green hair yeah and like was wearing a tank top and you could see her chest tattoo was that it shit. revolver revolver no. was another uh mm-hmm. magazine i used to buy all the time no but i definitely kept that cover because i need to find it was there was another one with shirley manson biting gavin rossdale's cheek that i had i still have i actually have a whole case of old magazines particularly music magazines because there were just things i thought i wanted forever and i'm afraid to throw them away those are worth something, right, Jesse? Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's got to be, like, a flea market or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spin. Yes. And that's a great... Spin magazine. Livius doesn't like chest tattoos. He doesn't like tattoos at all. That's he, true. He likes chests, I'm guessing. I'm okay with chests, but, yeah, chest tattoos are a little much on the women's. Yeah. Well, also, or on the men's, for that matter. You Unless talking- you're fucking Popeye. Also, you were talking about patches. We didn't mm-hmm. do patches, but we did buttons. Mm-hmm. I had buttons were a thing then, too. That's, yeah. yeah. We used to go to the used alley to and get all our buttons. I don't know what kids do nowadays. Meth. They don't have CDs. Because, <laughs> you know, like music stores. No music stores. There are still some. I was recently at Rolling Stone Records. I used to probably last year. And um, that's the record store I used to go to as a kid and buy cassettes. <laughs> and, 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 singles. Love those. singles. <clears throat> yep. Had the bat dance one. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, do you remember what the Just side was to bat dance? Uh, 99 Balloons. The same person. You know Just what? another track off the soundtrack. Reminds me of the Stephen Graham Jones connection with Jesse. Like oh, their, yeah. like their, like their weird connection they have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so while we're on the subject of music, I guess we're going to talk about rooms and posters. Let's go around real quick. First rock concert. First concert, I guess you could say. It doesn't necessarily have to be rock. The first concert. Nirvana, 91. Wow. God damn. Talk about legendary. That's that's probably... I'm not a big fan, but that's pretty cool. Fucking... Can we make Jesse go last? <laughs> I know. You just blew me out of the water. I'll go with the first concert I attended at all mm-hmm. um, that my parents took me to when I was too young to be attending concerts on my own. John... Still, when he was called Cougar, Mellencamp. He was touring for that Little Pink Houses album or whatever. I almost broke in a song, Rob. 
I need a lover. Little Diddy. It's a great song about Jack, Jack and Diane. <laughs> that was the first concert I, I went to at all. That's cute. Yeah. First one on your own? Jesse's was clearly a decision he made, right? I mean, this is something you wanted to go see Nirvana. Right? How old were you in '91? You yeah, but I got I got a ride to it. No, it's I mean it's fine. But I'm saying you. This was he. His parents took him to something they were going to. It'd be like eleven decision, right? Yeah. Yeah, you had to have been super young. Oh, I was young, yeah. Different Misty. rules there in Minneapolis. Misty. <laughs> I was not. Of Texas was like well, John Denver. I was not. <laughs> I was not allowed to go to concerts, so my first concert was when I was in college, and I honestly, I, this is so embarrassing, I don't remember if it was, it could have been Dave Matthews Band, it could have been Our Lady Peace. I'm going to go with Our Lady Peace, because that's more... I don't think one of embarrassing, I don't know if I... Well, How do we go about Dave Matthews? <laughs> that one I'm going to get some yeah, it's I, embarrassing. Don't, I don't. I don't, I don't think so, I mean, I think Dave Matthews, for, you know, for what to me, meant adult contemporary... Um, and in college, it's like a rite of passage. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't see a problem with that. I, I like that crash John Cougar Millicent. So, but what were you nine? Well, and your parents took you because yeah. they were going, right? That's all. That's yes. what I'm saying. The difference. It is, wasn't is like that's mom, like, mom, that's like really yeah, like we don't have a <laughs> we don't have a babysitter. We'll fork out the extra twelve dollars for this ticket. Right? Like, um, I embraced. We talked about it on the podcast. My very first concert. My selection was Rick Springfield. I was probably 12 years old, um, got to see Rick Springfield, that was awesome. My first um, the non-Rick Springfield concert um, was, uh, I actually won tickets. I used to win tickets to a lot of this radio station I mentioned before. If you were listening at like 11.30 at night and there was nobody else listening, you just had to dial in like three times to be like the 13th caller. That's how it worked. So I, uh, King Diamond. Nice. So, well, I also mentioned earlier today, in the way of a back patch, was my first like... My first concert, my mommy didn't take me to. <laughs> well, we talked but. about this once before. You were at the Motley Crue show where they filmed that video. Yes. On the Feel Good tour. Yes, yes, I was. Totally jealous of that. Yes, that was the Stars and Guitars weekend, and that was Motley Crue, <laughs> Tesla, Bonham. By Bonham, I mean John Bonham's kids band, um, Joe Satriani, and some other band I don't remember. Kings X, maybe. Or some shitty fucking like one album hairband. Sorry, Kings X, if you're listening from Extreme. your overnight shift at Coles. I never saw Extreme, <laughs> but I had, this was this is a running joke. I, I worked overnight at Coles briefly when I was twenty one, maybe. Um, I was the overnight stock supervisor, and we joked that that's at other Coles. That's what it was. It was like washed up eighties bands. Like someone would throw out a name like Kings X and be like, "Oh, I heard those guys were working at the Coles in Indiana, like and the overnight stock crew." But you mentioned extreme. My car, my and again, this will mean nothing. That's why. Why do we have them here, Jesse? Why aren't we you and I just doing this? My second car had vanity plates that said "Kid Ego." So there you go. Which was a a extreme song. Can we say what was your favorite concert? I was gonna ask that. Yeah, we can do favorite concerts. I'm gonna let you guys go ahead. Well, fucking Mr. Nirvana over there. Might that might not be his favorite concert. I can it be Prince? I can't narrow it down. Prince actually doesn't get any of my favorite concerts because I didn't get to see him when it would definitely be the when number he was one. cool. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Prince. Listen. I'm going to ask we for We saw an you in Minneapolis a couple times on the street. You're going to ask for an answer. I'm going to ask for can an you answer. give us three? Like the top give, three? I can give you three. Okay, top three. Um, Elastica, Dandy Warhols, and the IAS. Rob, you want to throw out three? I can give you three. Okay. 
The first one is going to be Lords of Acid in Atlanta. I'm not going to remember what they were touring for, but the Atlanta show specifically was great because they had this rig up on stage that they would bring women out of the audience and handcuff them to the rig. And while they were singing the songs, they were spanking the women that they were handcuffed to the... the. This sounds like objectification, too. It's a whole so, new side of Rob. That was cool. <laughs> I also met the band afterwards, so... And, like, they're... Jesse, you might appreciate this. Um, before Lords of Acid went on, um, there was, like, that music that plays in the venue until the... And it was Cold Cut. Nice. Which is pretty awesome. So that was... That's one of them. Um, I did see the tour where Nine Inch Nails toured with David Bowie. Whoa. Which was pretty awesome. Um, Nails went on first... But Bowie came out to play with them. And then when Bowie played, Trent Reznor came out and did some stuff with them. So that was a really cool show. Um, And I got to say, I don't have a specific one, but Primus was always great in concert. There was huge, high amounts of energy. And uh, and, um, they were a good show. I, I was at... They played the Aragon one time in Chicago where... They it was a tour where they did two sets and one set was like a mix of songs and the second set was one of their full length albums, albums. Mm-hmm. and they recorded it for a DVD and I was at that show and um, you can actually see us in the audience in one part so very cool Let's see that would be my three Misty cool. Dave Matthews what else actually Dave does put on a good show I don't want to take that away but um, Tori Amos every time the thing about her. Most of her albums, nothing compared to her on a stage. Um, what was that video that, that, like, one of her first songs, so, like, a really famous video? Cornflake Girl? Crucify mm-hmm. Me and Silent All These Years were both videos, uh, Maybe I'm too. thinking of someone else. Maybe it's, like, that PJ Harvey thing. Who's a chick that was crawling around in two pairs of underwear in that video? Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple. That's not the same person? No. I thought maybe you could enlighten they me why she was wearing two pairs of underwear. Angry pianist, though. Good okay. for you. <laughs> um, Amanda Palmer or the Dresden Dolls. They are both incredible. Uh, very theatrical. She, Amanda, will almost always come out into the audience. I don't know if she's able to do it anymore. She's a lot more famous. There used to be really, I've seen her like five times, tiny audiences, like 50 to a hundred people. So she would come out, she sang right in front of me one time, which was kind of the coolest thing. Pete a little. Um, Jonathan Dolls put on a great show. In case any of our listeners just missed it, Misty said she peed a little. She didn't mean just now. <laughs> oh, in the, at the show. At the show. All right. Sorry. No, it was, sure. it's on your couch. We can pause if you need to use the restroom. Still no hot squirting, though. Yeah, yeah. This has been going pretty well, and I think we're, I think we're coming towards the end here. I'm, I'm curious. Livius, you said you saw Alice Cooper upstaged once. Only once out of all the times you saw him. Everyone else, have you ever been blown away by an opening band? Like, they just blew the main act out of the water. No, and also, let me just do my third really fast. The Deftones. Ooh, Deftones. I'm pretty sure she somehow in three said every time I've seen Amanda Palmer or the Dresden Dolls, every time I've seen Tori Amos. (laughs) (laughs) And wait, wait, hold on, motherfuckers, because I haven't gotten a number three. Everyone got to do three. 
I wanted my third one. I have to give my Chino Moreno. I'll allow it. I uh, I'm just, just I didn't get to do my three. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in this order: Rick Springfield, Rick Springfield, then a little bit more Rick Springfield, <laughs> which is totally not true. I will say, so I'm going to not, because I did mention some of Blue House Good Boy, I will say, I'm gonna, just going to talk about one concert, and it was the fact that, that the opening act really blew me away, Warrant. Mm. I was not a huge Warrant fan, because I wanted to really see the opening bands, and then I was stunned by how mature they were as a performing artist on their second album. Like, the crowd control that they exhibited was on par with me seeing the Scorpions and ACDC and some of these bands, Judas Priest, that have been around for years and years. These guys had every bit of stage presence, maturity, that they, by their second album. You just reminded me, I did see ACDC once, and you can't compare their stage act to a lot of other, like to many other bands. Like, they are masterful. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt about Warren. That, that's why I said I was surprised at how mature they were, that it reminded me of some of these other really legendary bands that have been playing for 20 years, you know, for that show. So. Upstaged. Rob, did you ever see an opening act upstage? An opening act that's better than the no, main... not Just that actually performed in a way that the crowd really felt... I think is what Jesse's trying, right? Because, I mean, there are plenty of times I've gone to see an opening band, and in my opinion, most of those times they were better than, because that's what I wanted to see. So, Southline Trio opened for My Chemical Romance. There's no competition there. Yeah. I mean, no. I, I'll say that... My Chemical, <laughs> Rom- my Chemical Romance, ick. We're going to have to address this. Probably you like there. My Chemical Their first romance? two albums were fucking brilliant. 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 This is go-to. Brilliant. Brilliant. Unbelievable. I got no skin in this game, guys. Um, I can't think of an instance where... I mean, like... I've gone to those kind of, like, festival-ish kind of things where it's, like, not necessarily multiple days like Lollapalooza, but, like, you know, a a day-long thing. And actually, I have... This is a really odd example, and it's so... Not me at all. But, um... I went to an Ozfest one time. I did go to an Ozfest, and one of the bands that I was most excited to see is a band called Snot. Anybody? I've heard of them. You heard of them? I've heard of them. They released one album. Tragically, the lead singer died. Um, but I thought their album was amazing, and they were like second or third stage. They were not main stage performers. But that was pretty much the entire reason I wanted to go to Ozfest was to see them. Um, and they were excellent. And I was in the pit doing my mosh pit thing. We talked about another oh, episode. Oh, yeah. recently. Yeah. Yes, you were yeah. a, I was a pit guy. scary pit person. Big scary pit guy. Um, so that was great. However, Tool did perform and there's no topping Tool. You know what's funny? The person who introduced me to Lennon and the Dresden Dolls... That Tool was one of the worst he's ever seen live. I've never seen him live. Tool's awesome live. Have you seen Tool live? I have not, which is so strange. Tool's amazing live. There's a Pussifer song I really like. <laughs> of course there's a Pussifer song. The They're coming the out with a new album. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the one. It's, the one um, the... No, it's, it's, it's like a Jesus some shit. Oh, yes. I know exactly what that you're talking one. about. That was really, really yes, good. And again, no, then, so I tried to listen to more and it just song. didn't, nothing did it for me. Yeah, I'll find it. Um, but I agree. Oops, let's not do that. 
Don't Shoot the Messenger was the EP. It's called Undertaker. Nope. <laughs> I'm don't telling tell, you. Don't tell me what the song I like is called. Has anybody heard, anybody else heard of the band Prick? No. Yeah, so this, so Prick, who was friends with Nine Inch Nails, by the way, um, Pussifer is going to be playing at the Riviera Theater in Chicago on November 21st. Yeah. Um, Prick, fucking talk about a brilliant first album. <laughs> Don't talk to Jesse that way. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a guest in my house. Just actual genius. Like, I, I absolutely love the Prick album. I don't remember what it was I think it was just called Prick. I don't I think, think it was so called Prick. It's another one-man band. It's a guy who used to do stuff with Trent Reznor, I guess. Mm. So. Forgot all about them until you just said their name. All right, now that we've talked about... Um, we Thank you, Misty, for keeping us on books for about 14 seconds at the beginning of this podcast, because that is what we do here. And thank you for all the great topics. We've covered women in everything and on everything. Uh, favorite concert you saw a woman at, Rob? Favorite concert I saw a woman at... No, I'm all right. So I'm not a performer. Say, I'm talking about just a woman like in the audience, like one was well, standing. Well, I mentioned in front that Lords of Acid thing where they were spanking. This the was yes. Oh, actually, there was a different Lords of Acid show where um, the lead singer Deb was singing a song called "Stripper," and she had a chair, much like the chair I'm sitting in now. <laughs> Rob is sitting wearing, in a very standard-looking office chair. She was wearing a very short skirt and spinning around on stage, and I definitely saw her pubic hair while she was. Singing on the stripper song on the. <laughs> uh, I did mention at the beginning of the episode that you might hear from Ryan, who's our new marketing intern. It's like I can pull us out of this fucking nosedive when we review Lords of Acid shows for an hour and a half. Because I've seen Lords of Acid and I can talk on this subject, but I'm not going to. Um, he's better than everybody, he's better than that. I am better than that, and um, we want to make sure we give Ryan a fair shot at keeping his job, so I'll let Ryan explain more of that to you. Hey, I'm Ryan, the Booked Podcast's marketing intern. I'm trying to get subscribers to bookedpodcast.com so I can keep my job. We'd love if you're at your computer to sign up and get the Booked Anthology for free, and soon we're going to be sending out a newsletter maybe full of quotes from recently interviewed authors or some weird counting thing that Rob usually does. I'm currently 53% into that book, Worm, we've talked about. Only 700,000 words to go. Also, I love me some Fallout Shelter. They didn't ask me, because I'm the intern. So sign up for the newsletter, and you'll get the booked anthology for free at bookedpodcast.com, as well as the musings of these nerds. And feel free to drop them a line requesting Ryan selfies, because I follow through. They won't flood your inbox with crap, just just delicious booked news. Thanks, and on with the show. Also, let's pour one out for Jackie Collins, who left us. Now all my first editions are worth bank. All right, that was Ryan, our marketing intern. A little bit somber uh, ending to that particular uh, segment of his, but um, I guess since we're not getting the love from Skip Paperly that we used to, Ryan, in addition to reminding you how to enjoy the book podcast the most is also bringing us late breaking news about what's going on in the book world, books world. Yeah, Jackie Collins, um, not somebody I've read, but she was sister to Joan Collins, um, who uh, people may know from uh, Dynasty and from showing her lady bits in various movies. <laughs> All right, so listen, I-, I get it that I'm the oldest one in the room. And she was already old when I was a kid and seeing lady bits parts in movies, but... Um, 
Yeah, she's a, she's a writer. So she uh, she died of breast cancer, um, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, a couple of days ago. But I do remember that she had written... Her, her book titles were like, if I remember correctly, like The Slut and... The Bitch is a... Les the Bitch Edgerton. was the other one. It's a Les Edgerton book, I was yeah. going to say. No, but that's also... Yeah, I think it was... Sinners, Confessions of a Wild Child, Hollywood Husbands. All right, well... Jesse is much better researching these things than I am, but there you go. So, um, uh, you know, we're pouring a little bit out for uh, for Jackie Collins. Um, I don't think we're going to actually review any Jackie Collins because we've gone beyond that to just straight up porn erotica when we do that kind of thing. So, <laughs> but that was Ryan, the marketing intern. He's desperately trying to keep his job, and that is all dependent on you. So, at the beginning of the show, we asked you for money. Now we're just asking you for your email address. Head over to bookpodcast.com. right next to the search. Function <laughs> is a link. You can click to join the mailing list. You will get a free copy in your choice of format of the book anthology, which includes stories by Craig Clevenger, Rob Olson, Pela Bia. Did I mention Craig Clevenger's in there? Paul Tremblay, who's blowing up Fred Venturini, Fred Venturini, Gordon Highland, all kinds of monsters. Thing. Yep. Free to you in the format of your choosing, as long as it's a digital format and it doesn't cost us anything, it's all yours. Do it now. Save Ryan his job. I'm trying to make shirts that have a picture of Ryan on them that say, help this man save his job. So, get on it, kids. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Booked. Thank you so much to Ms. Misty Bennett for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jesse, for coming back to join us again. Thank you. You guys are wonderful. Can I tell you that this was a whole lot of fun? The sincerity that's pouring out of Livius right now is just unbearable. So until next time, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livius Nedden. Keep reading. Should we um, kill that? No hot squirts. Lots of pubes. <gasps> we're going to pause while Rob kills a gigantic spider. That's pretty big, too. How about we just throw it outside? Jesse? Right, go for it, buddy. All right. It might throw you out. Wait, okay, do you want to open the door for him? I'm definitely not. Where's my Fangoria? This dude is serious. It's just going to come back. How are you going to catch it with a magazine? It's got really compelling articles. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Jesus. Jesse fucking Elite. Oh, what happened then? Oh, that's okay. Now it's just for you guys to have to sleep. This is why killing the spider. Remember when I said, "How are you going to catch it with a magazine?" (laughs) I haven't gotten that point yet in my plan. (laughs) I just read this meme online that said they have little souls. We'll find it later. Yeah, when it's like on my body. If you don't bother them, they don't bother you. Mm, mm, That's not. That's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. I'm kind of bothered right now, Jesse. All right, let's find it. Oh, here we go. Let's find it. An adventure. That's a work shirt. Action. How the fuck? How are we gonna find it? Riveting podcasting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to narrate what they're doing? No, no, because I don't. This will all be cut out. Yes. That's where that shirt went. Through the magic of podcasting, Rob will probably keep when I said the magazine has compelling articles. <laughs> I didn't know Jesse was in podcasting. Yes. Jesse is an elite person. We've decided his level of intellect, knowledge. Oh yeah, it's super fucking bright. <laughs>
and... You're just going to keep running under, where are you? Humanitarian views, which extend to the insects. Arachnids. Creatures great and small. Humanitarian views (laughs) extend to arachnids. (laughs) That's that's how I see it right now. All creatures, great and small. I think that was an old TV show my mom used to watch. How's that spider, uh... Search going, guys. Getting there. You guys are all dead. <laughs> Got it. Holy shit, he killed it. They told me to get it. That was totally, that was totally for your benefit. They just slapped a magazine on the floor. <laughs> just so and they're I like, it's cool, it. Misty. 